Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition or episode of Troy Talks podcast. Uh, again, uh, I want to shout out to all of you that are my listeners, my supporters, uh, those that download, subscribe, and share. Thank you very much. Uh, again, thank you for listening to this episode. So I have another special guest. Y'all know all my guests are special. Uh, I hand select and I'm very picky on who I select to come on my podcast. But my special guest today, uh, she is a customer satisfaction leader, uh, certified project manager and HR professional with 25 years of experience uh, developing high performing teams. Uh, in the corporate environment, uh, she held positions ranging from coaching, unionized uh, customer-facing employees, to leading a major business process outsourcing, to labor relations, managing and owning the grievance pro process, and back office support of the working agreement that covered 60,000 employees. Now she's the owner and managing director of Strategic HR Consultants. She works to help clients improve productivity and build a stronger, more collaborative workforce while creating a customer first culture. I want to introduce to some and present to others, Beverly Hawthorne. Beverly, thank you for uh, taking the time out of your schedule and allowing me to interview. Well, thank you so much, Troy. I'm really happy to be here and uh, I appreciate you taking this time with me. I'm, I'm just thrilled and I feel honored. Awesome, awesome. So, you are in HR, yes. created an HR business. Now, uh, those that know on my podcast, y'all know that I do pre-interview, so I know a little bit insight ahead of time about her. Uh, but, but Beverly, I want you to start from your start. You know, you you worked for the SBA, uh, and then you went. Tell us a little bit. Give us a glimpse of that journey uh, of, okay. of your your start. Okay, well, um, I'll, I'll go back to the beginning where customer service first met me. And that was as a bank teller years ago, um, fresh out of school. That was one of my first positions as a bank teller. And I think that's where I kind of got my customer service footing. Because as we all know, when you're dealing with money and with customers and with customers and their money, <laughs> there's a certain... Um, there's a certain soft skill that you learn and that you adapt mm -hmm. and that kind of becomes a part of who you are because you're practicing it so mm -hmm. often. So that's where I kind of got my start. And then a couple of stints um, with the state and federal governments where I worked for the Small Business Administration with the federal government, again, working with clients helping clients to secure small business loans. And that is where I actually first got the idea that when I retire, I was gonna have my own business. I uh, learned the process and how it works and thought that would be a great opportunity. The Small Business Administration, for those not familiar, provides all sorts of resources and opportunities for small business owners. Everything from helping you get started to helping you find funding, uh, marketing, training. There's just a lot that goes on there. So that's where I kind of got that idea to get started uh, with my own business. Now, Beverly, After, I, 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 I'm going to put a pause right here and I want you to pick up uh, uh, the, the rest of the, the SBA. Mm -hmm. So I had a, a friend of mine reach out to me 
and she was she was trying to start her own business and she said she mm-hmm. was struggling and she was having issues and i asked her did you check with the sba i said they have a lot of mm-hmm. classes they have uh resources uh i remember i took a class uh about five or six years ago for veterans uh, and it was a new a new thing that they started. And it was intense. I mean, it was overwhelming. It was it was so much, you know, you get I'm glad it's over with. But it was a lot. <laughs> but what I want you to do is share with people that's listening, my audience that listening. They may be a business owner. Talk mm-hmm. about the little things that people don't know what the SBA can do for them. OK, OK, that's that's a, a real good segue there. Yes. The Small Business Administration pretty much can help you in every area of starting your business. They have mentors that will hold your hand through the whole process. They will help you with all the business planning, which includes, um, you know, getting your business plan together, your financial plan. They have courses that help you understand the requirements for securing funding for your business. There's all sorts of certifications that allow you uh, access to different areas. Uh, There's women-owned small businesses. There's 8A programs. There's micro-lending, which is, as you might guess, a program for smaller loans. And they have, you know, um, opportunities for courses. There's all sorts of templates and resources and library material, pretty much everything that you need to start and maintain your business, the Small Business Administration can help you with. And there's uh, chapters and um, locations in every state. There's several in each state. You really don't have to go into the office, but you can. Uh, most of it is can be done virtually, but if you want to go in and sit down and talk with somebody, some of us like to do that, uh, that, that's an option as well. So again, pretty much anything that you need to get started with your business. You may not know what a business plan is. What's in a business plan? How do I do it? They can help you get started on that and, and help you get it to where you can submit it to financing sources. Uh, You have everything that you need there. They can help you with your taxes, um, determining what your uh, status will be, whether you're going to be an LLC, a sole proprietor, an S-Corp, all of that. Everything that's a mystery, the SBA can help you with. And what's the cost? The SBA is free. Okay, thank you. All those resources (laughs) are free. Thank you. Thank you. And, And including your mentor who at some point will become, you know, part of the family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, no and, charge. And I think what I want to do is, I want you to pick up, but I think what may be good, I bring you back and you talk about that. We just talk about strictly about the SBA to help business sure. owners. So, sure, So uh, uh, Awesome. All right, now finish your, I interrupt your, your story. So finish your story now. <laughs> oh, oh, that's okay. That's fine. So after I left uh, the Small Business Administration, I ended up working for uh, corporate, corporate, corporate AT&T. <laughs> uh, my customer service skills really helped get me in the door. AT&T is a corporation that 
really relies on customer satisfaction. So they train their teams very, very well. And I know that there may be some people out there listening who are like, AT&T, oh no, I've had a bad experience with them. <laughs> you know, let me just be here to tell you, and, and I hope I'm not stepping over my bounds or anything, but let me just be here to tell you that customer satisfaction is very, very important to AT&T, and they strive to get it right for you. So when you're not happy, somebody has to answer to that. And they're going to do what they can to make you happy. I'm, I'm very proud to have worked there as long as I did. And I'm very happy for the training that I obtained there, the leadership opportunities that were presented to me, um, certifications. I got my project management certification while I was there and my human resources certification. And I'm just really happy to have, have been there with them for so long. So... Beverly, why do you think you, you say from what I'm hearing, AT&T puts a lot of emphasis on customer satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you have the people like you was, you was make references? There are some people that's not satisfied. Why do you think you, 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 you hear those people? Unfortunately, often customers may feel that the one thing that they want and they weren't provided, that tends to make us unhappy. After all, people pretty much only talk about the trains that are late. So when you I like that. have, yeah, <laughs> people talk <laughs> about the trains that are late. So when you have a company as large as AT&T, where people sometime end up going through different um, hoops or prompts or teams to get their issues resolved. And then maybe the issue is not resolved to their satisfaction. I can tell you in many cases, in cases where I was involved, there were several attempts to make it right for the customer. Unfortunately, there are times when what the customer wants and needs just may not be sustainable. So in other words, take it with a grain of salt. Many times when you view uh, reviews, many times it's because the customer couldn't get their way. Well, or sometimes the, the customer just was not happy mm -hmm. with something that happened during the customer experience. Mm -hmm. Customer satisfaction and customer service are only a portion of the customer experience. Mm -hmm. The customer experience begins with the customer's initial introduction to the company, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it continues throughout that customer company life cycle. There are times when maybe one aspect of an installation or a billing issue or a product may not have gone as the company would have preferred. Mm -hmm. However, in again, in the situations that I'm aware of and where I've been involved, I can tell you that opportunities to make the customer happy were taken, were addressed. 
options to ensure that the mm -hmm. customer received what AT&T likes to rely on, mm -hmm. which is that they deliver customer mm -hmm. satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, I'm sure there are occasions where we weren't able mm -hmm. to make the customer happy. Again, in my experience, it would not have been because we didn't try. Well, one of the things that I remember when I worked into the retail store, um, they were big on the uh, survey. Yes. And so I was told that, you know, um, and we would do everything that we we could. We would, you know, everything would be right. Mm -hmm. And if, if the survey could could be one, I can't remember the, the numbers or what it was, could be one. And it could be uh, because <laughs> they was mad at they had an old Bell South issue. bill, yeah. Yes. And, yes. and so, so I I got frustrated because I said, why are y'all making us responsible or accountable for something that we don't have control over? Now, here's mm -hmm. my philosophy: if you're going to make me uh, responsible for something, mm -hmm. you've got to give me the corresponding authority. Mm -hmm. If you want to make me responsible, but mm -hmm. don't make me responsible if I have no authority. I agree. Empowerment, yeah. empowering the frontline people is very important. And as you said, sometime a customer may be upset about something that happened before they even got to you. Mm -hmm. Again, that's part of the customer experience. Mm -hmm. And the customer's perception is that experience. Not often will they say, well, mobility is great, but uh, ISDN or uh, internet mm -hmm. is horrible. Mm -hmm. And to the customer, that is not a good experience. Right. So to tie it all together, to join it all together and make the customer, help the customer to have a good experience is what I found to be what we often strive for. Now, there are companies where the survey differentiates and will say to you, we're speaking, it'll say to you up front, mm -hmm. we're speaking specifically about your experience on January 30th mm -hmm. so that you let the customer, but if the customer has been if they're still stinging mm -hmm. a little bit from a previous experience, then it might come back on, you know, and that's just a result of the imperfect world we live in. That's just, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, because you can't please everybody. Everybody I, all the time. time yeah, and, I, and, yes. and when, I, when I look at reviews, I'm not looking at single issues. I'm mm -hmm. looking at, patterns mm -hmm. so when i'm looking at a review of something i'm looking at the patterns you know because sometimes people look at and they say oh uh you know if, if even if it's a job and i'm reading reviews mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm looking for patterns maybe patterns uh lack of diversity maybe maybe right. patterns uh they want people to work overtime but don't pay them uh but single issues many times is because someone just angry about something that didn't go their way and so therefore they give them a bad review. So I take them with a grain of salt, of salt mm -hmm. unless I see a pattern. And that's what mm -hmm. I'm looking for. And so what, let me ask you this. So uh, 
a new company is starting out. Okay, so they got a new company and let's say they have 10 employees and they're mm -hmm. starting out this new company. What would be three tips you would give them to help them have a, a, a great customer experience? Oh, that's a great question. And thank you for asking that. One, I would say hire for the experience you want your customers to have. Okay. When you're hiring customer service or customer facing employees, you should have a checklist or a list of things that you would expect your frontline people to deliver because this is the face of the company. So you want people who are empathetic, mm -hmm. understanding. It's great if they're upbeat and up-tempo and, you know, but I, I've talked to some customer-facing people who never smiled or made me feel warm, but they handled my issue. So mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. want people who are professional, people who are accustomed or can be trained to speaking mm -hmm. to the public. Mm -hmm. So that's number one, hire mm -hmm. for, for the mm -hmm. service you want to deliver. Number two, make sure your training includes your requirements. Mm -hmm. We sometimes think that mm -hmm. people know how they should treat people, but they don't all the time. Mm -hmm. And make sure that your training includes the requirements, again, that you mm -hmm. want your customers to experience. For instance, we want our customer service people to answer the phone with a smile. A smile can be heard, really. A smile can be heard. So we want, so one of the things I used to do is I used to put a mirror in my um in the in the cubicles of my team. Mm -hmm. Typically, when you look in the mirror and you see yourself, you smile. Right. Most people do. Mm -hmm. Maybe some don't, but most people do. <laughs> and when you're looking in the mirror at yourself and talking to a customer on the phone, you're smiling and that customer can hear that. So the, your training needs to cover everything that you, how you want your mm -hmm. team to perform. Everything from branding at the beginning and ending of a call, asking a customer at the end of the call, I hope I've addressed your issues. Is there anything else that I can do for you today? Is there anything else that you need? And be sincere with that. Help your team understand that they are the face of the company and how important that is. A lot of times people don't understand how important their position is. True. So help your people understand how important, what an impact they're having on your company by being upfront. And the third thing I would say, and, and there's lots more for me to add, but the third <laughs> thing I would say is definitely empower your people. Hire the people, train the people, and then let them do their job. Let them do their job. It may not always be the rule to refund this customer, but if you see that this customer has had a horrible experience and things just went awry and the customer is so unhappy, maybe, maybe their business was impacted, let your employees be empowered to try to make it right at that point. Not, well, I can't do that. You have to call this person or you have to call there because they don't have to do anything, you know, so 
empower your people so that they can make decisions. Again, that's hiring the right people, training your people, and then let them do their job. Now, you said so much there that we probably could go two or three hours uh, on it. <laughs> uh, but a couple of things that you said was important. Number one, you, meant, you mentioned uh, being empathetic and understanding. So so those are what they call soft skills. And soft, soft skills, skills can't be taught. It, it, it's it's got to be inside. So, mm-hmm. so you're right hiring the right people. And the last one, what I really like was empower people. So give people an opportunity to make a judgment call mm-hmm. to make a customer. Because many times our, our hands were tired. Now, here's the problem that I had when I worked for uh, the, the company that that we that you just mentioned because I also work <laughs> for them too. <laughs> I told uh the area manager this. I said I said we don't think you guys really value or care about us. And I said you would get great customer experience if your employees feel like that you value them they would transfer exactly. that to the customer. Exactly. And she didn't grab a hold of, grab a hold to that. And uh, you know, I tried to explain that because I have a different mind a mindset because it should be an mm-hmm. atmosphere. I heard Richard Branson said, uh, train uh, your your employees and pay them. I'm, I'm kind of messing this quote up, but train them so well that they uh, don't want to leave, but given an opportunity to leave, some along that line. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I wish most companies would would take that uh, that attitude. Mm-hmm. So, what do you see, just overall? So you you go to an establishment or a business, and you have you you familiar with customer service and customer mm-hmm. experience? You've trained on it. Do you ever? Uh, make suggestions to a business or do you ever uh, tell me how you use it? Or when you see it bad, you look like, oh, I want to say something, want to say something. Should I say something? How do you use the respond? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my family calls me the customer service police. <laughs> call me the customer service police because I'm always spotting okay. errors in customer service. Gotcha. A lot of times it's due to employee engagement, which okay. is kind of what you're what you're breaching on there, what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. When employees are disengaged, mm-hmm. when their attitude is what I call do my eight and hit the mm-hmm. gate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when that's their personality and they're disengaged everybody loses. The employee spends eight to 10 hours a day at a job that makes them unhappy. The customer gets the benefit of that. The customer gets hit with that. Mm -hmm. And the company is losing because once your employees become disengaged, Mm -hmm. you lose things like innovation, Mm -hmm. intuition, uh, discovery. When employees are engaged, they're thinking about the job that they do. They're thinking about the company. They're thinking about the customer. How can I make this better? You know, if we did it this way, I think it would be better. Let's explore that. Yeah. You know, when you when employees are not engaged, you you just don't get that. 
they mm-hmm. do their eight and they hit the gate. They come mm-hmm. to work on time, they leave on time, and everything in between is only the checklist that you've provided in your annual reviews or mm-hmm. you know, however you are managing them or managing that process. I don't like to say managing employees. I like to say leading Lead, employees. Yes. You manage systems. You manage systems. And lead people. people. Yep. I am not here to micromanage you and stand over you and Mm -hmm. make sure that you do what we told you you should do. That is not how I lead. I lead by example. I am here to help you reach the goals and objectives Mm -hmm. that we together have Mm -hmm. established. Now, some of them may be company goals or organizational goals, but otherwise you will have personal goals of Mm -hmm. your own that you want to establish. And during our one-on-ones or our meetings or our reviews or whatever, we're going to talk about those those personal goals. Where do you want to go in the company? What do you want to do? What do you see yourself doing next? What do you think you need to work on? And most importantly, how can we work together to get you there? So, you know, um, you made me think about, uh, and I don't think, I, I don't know if I mentioned this in our pre-interview, I also managed a, a Sprint store. Did I mention that? I think you did. Okay. And, and I told you I wanted to have the tick, Chick-fil-A experience mm-hmm. versus the Popeye experience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I hired based on that and my people. So, cause we had, we had customers that would, would, uh, would go instead of going to the corporate store, they would come our way to our store and would be out of their way simply mm-hmm. because of the way we treated them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the area I, I be in is mostly, uh, uh, middle upper middle class and some, uh, rich, uh, in a predominant, predominantly white uh, neighborhood, and all my mm-hmm. employees uh, are black, including mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want no stereotypes or no uh, stigma, and so I made sure I hired people that had, you know, certain type of soft skills and personalities. Uh, and you know, like I said, the people really enjoyed. It. And I said, I want you to have a Chick Fil A experience mm-hmm. um, because you know, I, I, one of the things I had them to do was stand at the front of the door because I got this from AT and T. Stand in front of the door and go open the door when when they come up, meet them at the door, greet them, mm-hmm. and open the door for them. You know, just little things like that. And so uh, those things, you know, making people feel welcome. Uh, that's what I wanted them to feel. And, and, and we were able to accomplish accomplish that. We right. never had any issues, you know, for us customer service. And then we had people get upset because there were some things we just couldn't do. Couldn't we do. couldn't do in the yeah. store. We wasn't a mm-hmm. corporate store. So we was mm-hmm. limited on that. So we had some things like that. But overall, people enjoyed the relationship. Now let's shift hats. Okay. So okay. so we, 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 we've talked about customer service. Let's shift at HR. And that's uh, more of what your business is focused on. Exactly. Uh, so let's let's shift hats. So tell us about HR. What are some th- what are some of the things that you see that most companies make uh, 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 mistakes they make concerning HR? Well, I think a lot of times we don't grow and develop our people. Okay. And again, that can be an HR function, but that 
really is everybody's responsibility, mm -hmm. but HR should have trainings and processes in place to give employees opportunities to grow and develop mm -hmm. so that they can see themselves moving to other positions, you know, improving their station, their salary, building skills and knowledge. I've always been a leader where I want you to, when you leave me, you're better than when you came. I, I love that. Now say that again. Say that again. <laughs> when you leave me, I want you to be better than when you came. Yes. I want you to leave and say, while I was over there with her, mm -hmm. I learned this, this, and this, and that's how I got over here with you. So, and I want people to have that mindset. HR can promote that as opposed to just being the place where you place job applications mm -hmm. and where they, you know, write job descriptions. Mm -hmm. HR should be a strategic business partner in the organization and helping the organization to grow their people with the training and the coaching and development. And that goes for the leaders too. Leaders need training and coaching and development as True. well. So as a matter of fact, I have a product that I offer. It's called uh, Everything Disc. Most people know it just as Disc, mm -hmm. but it's a personality assessment tool. And how it differs from other personality assessment tools is Disc helps you understand how to work with others by helping you understand how they work. Mm -hmm. Maybe Beverly is a person who likes a lot of detail when you're giving her information. Troy may be a high level person. He doesn't want all those bits and scraps and pieces. Just get to the point with Troy yep, yep. <laughs> and deliver what he needs to make his decisions. But Beverly likes to look over numbers and make sure everything's right. And, you know, then she'll make a decision. Well, DISC will teach you that about Beverly and about Troy so that Beverly doesn't continue to give Troy bits and pieces and all this detail when really he just wants to know what he needs to do. Okay, what, what is it that, yeah. what's the bottom line? What am I supposed to be doing? So that's a product that helps us from an HR perspective. It helps you, it can help you in the training, determining what training is needed, determining where people best fit mm -hmm. in terms of teams. Mm -hmm. And it goes into building high-performing teams, High-performing teams trust each other. They communicate. They collaborate. Mm -hmm. DISC helps you do that. Awesome. Primarily, primarily in HR, we need to act as a business partner, not just be the place where, you know, we churn out job descriptions and, mm -hmm. you know, um, so that's, that, that is mostly what I do. I help organizations, my clients rely on me to help them maximize performance. So I craft cost-effective, sustainable, agile solutions mm -hmm. to help them improve productivity, to help them um, create a collaborative environment, to help them ensure that DE I and B are part of their program, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. 
because when you get into your diversity, that's also where you get a lot of your ideas. That's where mm -hmm. you get a lot of your thinking and, you know, but people need to feel comfortable to do that, to speak up and speak out. So those are some of the things that I do for my clients as an HR consultant. Awesome. Now, you, you said something that I really want to go back to, and, and I told you to repeat it. So I've I, I worked for a manager that I remember a young lady wanted to transfer. And he wouldn't allow her to transfer because she was more of a support for him mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. doing all of his job. Mm -hmm. And that really bothered me. When I managed that Sprint store, I remember when people came in, I said, look, this may not be your ultimate goal. This just may be a pit stop. Mm -hmm. So whatever I can do to help you to get to your next goal, I will help you. I said, now, the only thing I require is that if you need to leave, give me a two weeks notice. Mm -hmm. I just need the notification. I'm not going to stop you. So I remember I had one young lady. She worked for me and uh, another young lady was, uh, was said she, she, when she, she said she wanted to go to corporate, she went to corporate. This was a sprint, the sprint store. The other young lady, um, she wanted to leave because we was a slow, slow store. So we didn't have, a, we was in a bad location and we didn't have a lot of business. Mm -hmm. So most of the time we stood around all day. You may see one or two people. So we weren't busy. So I get it. So what she ended up doing, she went and uh, listened to the other young lady, you know, about, hey, leaving and went and got a job with a competitor. Mm -hmm. When she came back, she said, uh, I'm leaving in, in a week. Uh, uh, I said, OK, I said, I need to. She said, well, I got to start this new job. And she told me where I said, how much they they paying you? She said nine dollars an hour. She was making 11 there. I said, go back and get more. Now I'm telling her to go back and get more. Mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. said, I don't know if I can. I said, if I said, if you would have told me and you, if you would have came to me and sit down with me, I would have went through. And if it was better, I would say, go. Mm -hmm. I would, I would have told you to go. She worked there about three months. Uh, she called me up and said, Hey, cause we was hiring. She says the position still mm -hmm. open. I said, yeah. And she, she said, I think they may fire me. I said, okay. I said, uh, so, so are you, are you, you trying to come back? Uh, she said, uh, yeah. So I said, well, let me check with the, let me check with the district manager, see what she think. I talked with her. She said, well, I liked her choice when she was there. So I don't have no problem with you. Don't. I said, no, I don't have a problem. I just want to get your approval. She said, yeah. Mm -hmm. So she told me, she said, uh, I think they're going to uh, fire me and I'm just not going to go in the next day. I said, no, don't do that. I said, go in and put in a resignation mm -hmm. and then leave. She listened to me on that part. She went in, put in a, res res a resignation and she ended up leaving. We hired her back. And she told me, she said, you know, she only had three jobs. She said, but you've been one of the best boss that I, that I had because I cared about my people. Oh yeah. Uh, I wanted, like you said, I wanted you to be better when you left here. Uh, I wanted you to be better in uh, uh, any way that I can help you to get to that point. That's how I operated. So mm -hmm. the the point is, uh, is 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 uh, Beverly. We don't have a lot of leaders that think like that. Unfortunately, you know, leadership really is 
uh, a servitude position, it, it for is, lack it of is. a better word. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. You know, and 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 I'm here as a leader to help you. It's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's not about how I feel because mm-hmm. 80 people report to me and that makes me feel important. It's not that. I'm here to lead you to what's gonna help prosper. Yeah. And unfortunately, some leaders just manage and that's an entirely different thing. That's a whole mm. different animal. Right. Uh, leadership uh, requires building a relationship as you did with your employees and um, helping them to understand where they fit in so mm-hmm. that they feel a sense of ownership mm-hmm. so that they feel a sense of ownership in the company. Not that you're just here to fill a seed and here's your steps and your rules and, you know, your duties and your responsibilities and, and that's it. And then here's your paycheck. You know, nobody's going to get anything out of that. You're not going to really grow out of that. And the leader's not going to get the best performance from, from that. You, you have to help people understand where they fit in, how they fit in and how important they are. And that usually improves performance. now, Bev, I want to ask you a question. So uh, you said that HR should be a partnership. Yes. Now, I've heard, I think I heard this on Clubhouse. I think it was Clubhouse. And the person said this, and I want you to, can you can elaborate on this? The person said, from an employee standpoint, HR is not your friend. So whatever is happening to you, especially if it's harassment or uh unethical or legal or whatever the case may be, document, document, document. HR is not your friend. How would you address that? Well, I guess maybe there are some HR organizations that will fall into that category. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want employees to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And yes, I would agree that you should document that would would be to make whatever process you're going through easier. Mm-hmm. Not so that you can, I don't work under a aha gotcha mm-hmm. mentality. Mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't serve anybody. Mm-hmm. HR, when I say they should be a business partner, mm-hmm. I mean, in different organizations, understand what the organizations face. For instance, you mentioned how you operate your store and Mm. people outside of your neighborhood travel distances to come to your store. That's how important customer satisfaction is. There Mm -hmm. are statistics that tell you people stop using a business four times on average because of bad service. Mm -hmm. People tell 15 people about the bad trains, the bad experiences. You know, there's all sorts of customer satisfaction statistics. So customer satisfaction is important. HR should have a hand in that and helping to drive the behaviors and the activities that satisfy customers. They should have a hand in the employee engagement. Again, happy employees yeah. hit different. 
Right. You know, they, you know, they, they're just different. So HR should have a hand in that, but HR should also, in my opinion, and we're only talking about my opinion, not any laws or rules or regulations, because I don't mm-hmm. want you to get calls after this, <laughs> <laughs> but HR should also have a hand in supporting the employee. The employee should feel that HR does have their back Mm -hmm. but that that is how that is determined by how the that particular hr organization is 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 operated would you would you say that so i remember when i was a, a manager i was in a sandwich so i had it was a balancing act mm-hmm. i've got corporate pushing down and i got the mm-hmm. employees pushing up Mm-hmm. And it was a balancing act, what to implement, but also what boundaries I would keep to make sure I protect my employees. Do you think HR needs to have that same type of mentality? They do represent the company, so they've got to right. make sure they abide by the company rules and regulations. Company rules and regulations, right. But also, how can they help support and uplift the uh, the employees? When HR has that mindset, mm-hmm. we're, we just want everybody to get along. We just want everybody to be happy. So HR is as much support for the employee mm-hmm. as they are for the company. Mm-hmm. It's HR's job to find that balance. Mm-hmm. We all know statistics like it costs more to hire and train True. a new employee than it does to retain an employee mm-hmm. that you already have. So take that perspective. That also goes for customers again. So take that perspective. Mm-hmm. So in the policies and the processes that come out of that HR door, all those things should be considered. Beverly, I mean, you know, it's, these type of things is I, I wish more people would hear you and your your thinking, your process, your philosophy. I think more uh, companies would have a better uh, employee engagement, the customers, uh, because you take that approach. Is, you know, you you you're looking at the whole holistic part mm-hmm. of the company, and you want to make sure there's a balance there. Uh, yes. Like I said, we could go on, but I want you to share final thoughts anything that you want to throw out final thoughts to help somebody in hr or customer services uh the mic is yours okay well thank you for that troy i feel that there's a culture that can be created where employees are engaged they're performing High-performing teams are established that supports the customer, which supports the company because it helps retain revenue, increases profits and customer loyalty, and everybody shares in that success. But there's work to do to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And you need a leadership team to take a hold of that and show others that it can be done and we're going to do it. We're going to use diversity 
equity, inclusion, and belonging to help get everybody's ideas on the table. And, you know, we're going to vet those out and we're no longer going to, we're going to have incentives for employees, but they're not going to be just for the same employees all the time. We're going to make it where everybody can qualify and everybody can win. We're going to bring out those hidden gems, those employees who have great ideas, highly skilled, highly knowledgeable, but they're sitting back in the corner, just very quiet because they don't know how they fit in or they don't think they matter. We're going to draw those people out, so to speak, still letting them be comfortable, but we're going to draw those people out. And we're just going to generate thoughts and processes and ideas for our company so that we can make our company and our customers and our employees happy. So that's my, that's, that's my world that I live in. <laughs> I got another question. I, I want to ask you this uh, before I let you go and tell your uh, uh, people how to find you. How do you handle an employee who is not engaged, who is not performing? How should a person handle that type of employee? Well, of course, you need things like one-on-ones. You need those private conversations. They don't always have to be documented. You need to make sure that you've outlined the objectives and that that employee understands that, that those objectives have been clearly defined for that, that employee. And if it's it's a skill or a will, and yes. then you will <laughs> act accordingly. Not all employees are in the best job suited for them. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can help them find where they could perform better in the company. So, you know, I, I, I still think leaders should work to find out what's going on, if it's a skill or a will. If it's a skill, then you you act to the left. If it's a will, you act to the right. Mm -hmm. I won't say I what that it. is, but. <laughs> well, I, you know, have you heard of Simon Sinek? Yes, I have. Yeah, I remember him saying uh, sometimes employers, you, you know, somebody was producing and then in two months, they're not producing. They say, if you don't get it together, you we, we're going to, something drastic going to happen, we're going to fire you. Yeah. He, he said, that's not the best approach. It, mm -hmm. it, it's really good to find out if there's something at home, something going on. Something that's, going on. Yeah, that's affecting that em employee. And so that, that goes back again to caring about your people to really find out what's going on. Building a relationship. Yeah. That old adage, coach them up, co coach them out. No. Yeah. That, no. You're going to lose some great people like that. True. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beverly, tell the people how they can connect with you, how they can find you, uh, uh, and anything you have to offer. I know you mentioned one thing, but anything you have, any offers you have. Well, I would like to offer your listeners a no cost one hour consultation where we can sit down and one-on-one -on -one discuss what's going on in your organization that you would like to change, knowing what you know about my company and what I do, how do you think I can help you? Let's talk about how we can improve your teams or how we can improve your productivity. That is a no cost, one hour consultation that I offer. And you get that by signing up to my 
um, email list so that I can contact you, sign up to my email list on my website at customermeasures.com. Again, that's customermeasures.com because I measure the customer experience. So, <laughs> or you can reach me via email at beverly at customermeasures.com. And Beverly is spelled just like Beverly Hills, California. Or you can just give me a call. My number, my toll-free number is 888-272-7711. You can just give me a call and we can chat and just, you know, see, see where we can uh, go to. I can't help everybody and I won't waste your time. You know, if you're issue or concern is out of my scope, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know that. And maybe I can, you know, introduce you to someone who, who could help. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Beverly, thank you once again for allowing me to interview you. Um, my audience, Troy Talks uh, Tribe, thank you again for your support, for listening. <clears throat> Excuse me. When this episode drops, do us a favor. Please listen, download, share, and also give us a review. We would love uh, to have a construction, uh, constructive criticism you know, on some things that we can do better. Uh, Beverly, thank you so much. Uh, everybody have a great day. Again, thank you for joining. Thank you, Troy. Have a great you're, evening. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye-bye.